All right, let's get started. Yesterday was number 61. Today is number 62. We're going to do a review of yesterday's Tafke to today's. I have a mind of Fuhr Shalema to Adasa Basaronia, Michal Aviva Bas Yehudis, Amy Bas Dvora, Chai Rachel Bas Leia, all who need it. Okay. And you the Leib. And you the Leib Ben Bas Sheva. You said you're fantastic, no? <laughs> That's it's like fantastic. But that's, that's why. That's what you think it is. <laughs> Without that, it won't, it won't be fantastic. And I have to ask you afterwards. Okay. He's counting on that. Okay. You need help too. All right. See. Israel. Okay. So um, anyway, so we up to we up to the. Um, um, so so in case you're wondering, there are certain places that is not appropriate for relations. So one of those places is in front of the uh, millstone, the grinding, the vibrations. It messes up the experience, and it can harm the child. If, uh, if uh, with a pregnant lady, you mean on the millstone or just um, no, no, having relations on the millstone to, impreg- to impregnate a woman, not on the millstone, but like be- no, in front of where I thought we talked about you on the millstone that turn you around. And can you have it by that yeah. relationship? No, 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 no fantasies. fantasies. No, this fantasy. I think Vita. that's the one. That's the one. No, no fantasies. Keep going, Vita. That's not what it means. But uh, creative, uh, creative, definitely. You have to do. Get it points like, for creativity. You, know, you have to know how to do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. You're gonna teach me. Chazure, <laughs> <laughs> never hurts. All right. Okay. Stop. Anyway, it's not my fault. Okay. Gemara is talking about it. Hey, the Misham Shal Ara. If somebody ah. has relations on the ground, it affects oh. the neck. On the on, if somebody who steps on donkey dung, <laughs> it affects the, the the baldness of the children, uh, or other issues. Uh, somebody who eats um, uh, uh, mustard, the kids are going to be very you know ravenous type of children. If you eat cress. Then they have teary-eyed children. If you eat small fish, you have uh, uh, skelter-eyed children. And um, if you eat earth, so then the children will be ugly. If you eat, drink beer, too they'll much. be brown. Too much, right? But mead and wine, oh, you'll have strong, healthy children. That's fine. Um, eating eggs, big eyes. Um, eating fish, uh, they'll have grace. If you eat karpas, they'll have a nice shine to them. If you eat coriander, they'll uh, be uh, husky, heavy set. Um, the kuzbara? Um, kuzbarta. Yeah. The kuzbarta is a coriander. Okay, and uh, esrog, they'll smell good. In the story, it goes that the daughter of Shvarmalka, she was her mom ate esrogim, and uh, she was so smelled so amazing that uh, the father... Um, uh, basically kept her with his spice, with his sweet sp- 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 spices. Okay, uh, Ravuna was uh, testing uh, Ravuna Barchinina uh, with these shilas. So I mean, no, Ravuna said over that Ravuna Barchinina was testing the Talmidim with the shilas. Okay, so he said, "What if she says I want a nurse?" And he says, "Not." So then we listen to her because she's the one who suffers by not nursing. He says. I want you to nurse. And she says, I don't want you to nurse. What's the halacha? So, if it's not normal for her to 
nurse, meaning her family is from uh, fine schmeckers, they don't do that type of thing, so then we'll listen to her. But if it's normal for her, but it's not normal for him, what's halacha? Do you go by him or do you go by her? So, and we answered, because it says that it's oily imoy ve'ena yeredes imoy. So she only can elevate to his status and not go down to his status. Um, and that's the and that's the thing. Um, so so she so he cannot force her. I think that's really what the point is. Uh, Rafuna says there's a pasuk to that effect. It says Baal Baal comes from the lashon of Baal She elevates to her husband's level, not Biri Dasar Shabbal. Rabbi Lazar learns it from a different pasuk. He hoisa aim kol for chayim and not for tsar, and that's a different uh, different trasha. Okay, next, if she brought in a maid, so then uh, the maid only relieves her of a small fraction of her duties as a wife. The question is, why not, can't she say, look, you know, you expected me to do everything, and now um, she's taking my place, so she'll do everything. What's the problem? So the common answer is that there's a big difference. Um, one person can care for two. But now you brought her in, so now there's three. So... She could care for herself and for me, but who's going to care for you? <laughs> that's a problem. So that's why we, you, know, you still have to do some stuff. Um, now, uh, but then we said that uh, if there's two uh, maids, so then, then she stops cooking, she doesn't nurse. Um, but it sounds like the other activities she still has to do. Now, why can't she say, look, I got one uh, to take care of uh, you and her. I have another one to take care of me and her. And um, so uh, what more do we need? So the command says, no, but what if there's guests? We need, uh, we need somebody to take care of the guests. And uh, there's nobody available for the guests because she's busy taking care of herself and me. The other one's busy taking care of yourself and her. And then when the guests come, there's nobody taking care of them. So we, that's not good. That's why you have to relieve uh, some of the duties so that somebody can take care of the guests. So they says, what about three? Then also some of the duties are relieved, but not all of them. So the question is, what's the deal with that? Um, you have one for the husband and herself, the other one for the wife and herself, another one for the guests. What's more? What more do you need? That's everything. The answer is, is that since you have a whole bunch of people already in the house, you have three maids, so then a lot of people come and like... Who are they going to go to when you can go to a, be a guest where they don't have any maids and it's going to be a lot on them or where they have three maids? You're going to go to the one with three maids. So guess what? Now there's a lot of guests coming. <laughs> there's a lot of guests and passers-by and everything. So then there's more work. So therefore, four, then she doesn't have to do anything. What's the difference? Say the same thing. Four is even more guests. The answer is once you hit the number four, so then they help each other. One of them needs help to finish a task. So then that's... Uh, um, that, as a that, floater, they, they right, so they're able to get everything done quicker, and that's the that's the way that's why it's efficient. Okay, um, all right, brings us to the next thing. So it says that she could sit in her chamber in her parlor and not not do anything. Nevertheless, there are things that she ought to do. One of the things that she ought to do, she should. Um, Get, um, she should serve the drink to her husband. She should prepare the bed for the husband. She should wash his face, hands and feet. Those types of things, those are things that lead to closeness between spouse the, and therefore it's something she shouldn't give over to another person. Not that, not that she must, but it's like advice. Okay? And Rav Yitzhak Barachinah, the name Rafuna, 
all these are things that normally any wife can do any of the normal activities for her husband, even if she's an Ida, but not these three. These three have special endearment qualities to them, and therefore, as an Ida, it could lead to something forbidden, and that's why that's not allowed. These three activities of the drink and the bed preparation and the washing of the hands and face. And the feet, yeah. And the feet, and the feet right. Face, hands, and feet. And uh, and even in the making of the bed, that's only an issue if it's in his presence, but not in his presence is not a problem. And the uh, preparing of the drink, as long as they do a shinoi, so we find the wife of Shmuel uh, would, would put it with her left hand, uh, by his wife would put it um, somewhere, like like a little, also do a shinoi, place it in a different spot, um, on top of a barrel, on the on the cushion, other things like that, so so as to show that there that she's prohibited, she's leader, yeah. right? And uh, it, it, you know keeps uh, joke, keeps the keeps things pro, you know quiet, you know in, in control. Now, Rabbi Tzvi said the name of Rav Huna that normally um, uh, you 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 don't worry about. Uh, making sure that your 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 wait your waiter needs to have some of the food that you're serving, but there are certain foods that are particularly aromatic that you need to give them a portion of it because it's dangerous. And they are meat and wine. And meat means, Rav Chizda explains, fatty meat, which has a particular um, whatever it, it, it causes the mouth to water, and aged wine. And Rav says. That's by the by the meat. It's all year long, but by the wine, it's only in the tkufas tamas. It's only in the in the in the summertime. And the Rav Anna Bartachlifa says we were standing in front of. I was standing in front of Shmuel, and they brought a platter of mushrooms, and it was very uh, aromatic. And if not for the fact that he gave me some, I would have been in danger because it affected me. And Rav Ashi says I was before of Kahana, and they brought. Uh, turnips and also that was in vinegar and if not given me some I would have also affected me negatively. Same is true with even the dates. Uh, the basic rule is anything that has a smell or something that causes your mouth to water it's dangerous if you don't do it. You don't give to them a taste of it. So the uh, the, the Bar-Ihi children uh, the Ihi children which was uh, Avuha and Minyamin one of them would give the waiter every single type of food that he's serving, and the other one would give only from one type, but you know, fill him up before he serves. And one, the first one had merited to have a Leo come, and the other one not. Two chasidim, name, some say they're Rav Mari and Rav Pinchas, the sons of Rav Chizda. One would feed him the, the waiter before even he took himself a portion, the other one would wait till after, and Elio came to the one from before, not the one from after. Meimar Mazuch Ravashi were standing in the doorway of the king. The head waiter came with a platter of food, and Ravashi noticed Ravashi, his face turned white when he smelled the food that he needed to have a taste of it. So Ravashi acted quickly, dunked his finger in, and put it, the finger into his mouth. Um, so that he could taste a little bit of the food to restore his, you know, his, his, his craving. Um, and uh, the head waiter was not a happy camper. He said, you ruined the meal for the king. And he said, uh, why would you... Uh, and the, the, the policeman said, why do you do that? And he said, this food is not fit for the king. And he said, why not? And he said, because I saw that, there's a, that there was a, a leprous pig in this food. 
And they said, leprous pig, I don't know what you're talking about. And they looked and they couldn't find any sign of it and said, did you check this particular piece of meat? And they didn't, and sure enough, it was there. So the rabbi said, why did you rely on miracles? How did you know to say, make up a story like that? Now, it's creative, but I'm saying, but still, it's dangerous. You can't make a miracle. So he said, I saw there was a Ruach Tzoraz coming from that one piece. So I realized that there was talk of something wrong there. Okay, there was a, a Roman fellow who said to a woman, I'd like you to marry me. And she said, as my father used to say, Loi mit an Aleph, which means lo with no. an Aleph, okay, which is no. Okay, uh, You never heard that expression? Okay, but, Sander, yep. you heard it. Of course. It's an old expression, say. right? Yeah. Not to make a mistake. You're old enough to know that? I'm married, I'm married. <laughs> I think I haven't heard an O. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so he brought this pomegranate and cut it right in front of her. Is that what you do? And he ate the uh, cut of pomegranate in her presence. And all of the, uh, my mouth started watering watching him eat this. And uh, she kept swallowing uh, that's the, the, the saliva. And, it, and he wouldn't give her. And uh, sure enough, her, her, her face and body started swelling up and it was, looked like she was in danger. So he said to her, if I heal you, will you then marry me? And she said, yes. And um, he brought another pomegranate and he cut it open and ate it in front of her. And he said, whenever you feel the need you know, your mouth watering, instead of swallowing it, spit it out, spit it out. And then, sure enough, she managed to get out this green gook, and that was what made her get better. Happy ever after. And they lived happily ever after. No. And it a Roman woman, that. or was it a Jewish woman? It was a Ro- this no, was a, a not a Jewish Brian. story. He Brian. was Roman, and, she, and it was a lady. I don't know. but He, uh, he forced him upon herself like that. Yeah, sort of. It was a trick. Okay. Anyway, we make a, uh, one of the jobs of women is to do wool work, to like um, either spin the wool or whatnot, to make threads. Anyway, why wool and not flax, not linen? So it's going like Rebuta, who says that we can't force a woman to, um, to serve a man's father or son, or put uh, straw in front of the animal. Rashi says it's referring to like a horse or a donkey. And that's because they can be inappropriate in front of women. They'll get wild, frisky. Uh, but in front of cattle, it's fine. And he, sh- and that he, she could, he could demand that or ask her to do. And Rebuta says, not only can he be forced to do work with linen, with linen, with flax. And the reason is because it makes the bread, your mouth smell bad. You have to always wet it. And it also um, dries out the, the lips get chapped lips like that and that's only specific types of linen the Roman variety Reb Liezer says even with 100 shvachos she still needs to do certain activities because it's, it's not good uh, to do nothing okay? that's bad for you and Reb Malchiyu says that's a halacha like Reb Liezer and Reb Chanina Bredor said there are three halachos that it's Reb Malchiyu that's the spit the, these maids and gumos, which is uh, the hole where the hair comes out. Anyway, that the, those three halachos relate were from Ramalchiyu, and the Beloris, if Ramakla and Gvina, is Ramalchiyah, which is the Beloris is talking about the, 
the hair of Avodasara, if her makla is the ashes, and Gvina, there's a three spe- separate halachas of why is Jesus or anyone, that was Ramalkia. Rapapa says, no, if it's Mishnah or Bryson base, that's Ramalkia. If it's Shmaita, which is just a member from the Amorayim, then it's Ramalkia. And that's how you remember it, Masnisa Malkas. And the practical difference between the two opinions is which one is Shvachos under. The Shvachos is Mishnaic in origin, but according to uh, Rav Hanina, Breda Rav Ika, it's from Ramalchiu, but according to um, Rav, um, um, anyway, but according to Rav Papa, it would be Ramalchiya. Okay. Rav Shimon ben Gamliel saying the same thing as Tankam. What's the difference? The difference is if she has other frivolous activities to keep her busy, she plays with dogs, little toy poodles, or um, other games that she plays, like backgammon, um, it can lead to promiscuity, but not to bored, not to depression. Because uh, that's only if you're really not doing anything, then you can really get depressed. Which brings us to the new Mishnah, which is uh, somebody who makes a vow um, not to have relations with his wife. So according to Peshame, the maximum period of time that you can withhold from, uh, you know, make a vow on that is two, two weeks. Peshama says it's one week. The students can go to Talmud Torah for 30 days at a time, even without permission. Workers, the expected amount of relations is once a week. Oh no, is, uh, they can travel once a week without permission. Normal um, uh, amount, of how often to have relations, so it depends on what you do. If you're a Tayalin, which we'll define in the Gemara, so that's every day. If you're workers, twice a week. If it's uh, donkey drivers, it's once a week. Camel drivers, once every 30 days. Uh, uh, sailors, it's once every six months. That's Shitas Rebli Ezer. Okay, now, what's, my, what's the Shita reasoning of Beit Shammai? Why it's uh, why the, the line is two weeks, and that's because uh, when a woman gives birth to a nekeva, she'll be prohibited for two weeks. So that's how, that's how much you can make a vow on. And Basil says, uh, it's a zakhar, so zakhar is only one week of prohibition. Basil, why not learn from nekeva? So the Gemara says, you're right. He doesn't learn from Yuletz altogether. He, he learns it instead from Nida. What's the dispute? One opinion is, is that you can only learn, you learn common from common, and therefore what's more common is nida, it's a regular, and therefore that's what you can make a vow, you can, you can make a vow not to, you know, not to have relations for a week, but that's the max. And the other opinion is, is that, no, it has to be something that's caused by him. She doesn't, you know, when she has a nida and she's prohibited to her husband, that's not coming from him, and therefore that's not like a lot easier to handle. What we're talking about is something that's caused by him, which is her having a child, so that's caused by him. Now, Rav, Rav says that this whole machlokas is only if you clarify that I'm only prohibiting myself to have relations with you for a week or for two weeks, then it's fine. That's where the machlokas is. But if you don't say, keep it open-ended, so then the divorce has to happen right away, he gives the ksuva, there's, like, we, we don't stand for that. And there's no waiting period till the two weeks or one week. Mm-hmm. And Shmuel says, even that, we also would wait. Because maybe you'll find an opening. So uh, the Gemara says, the same achlok as you find, we found between Rav and Shmuel with regards to other halachas. So if somebody makes a vow that the wife shouldn't benefit from him for 30 days, 
So you can have a stand-in person taking care of her. Beyond 30 days, you have to divorce or give a ksuba. And Rav says that's only if he clarified that it's only for 30, up to 30 days. Not, uh, but, but if he left it open-ended, then he has to divorce right away. And Shemuel says, no, even without leaving it open, even without saying anything open-ended, he should still wait the 30 days because maybe he'll find a way to open, find an opening for his vow. So why do you need them to argue the same argument in both cases? The answer is, is that in our case, which is not possible by anybody else, so maybe only over there would Rav be makbid right away. But where it's possible for, you know, to have somebody to take care of the needs of the household for 30 days, um, so then maybe if you weren't specific, it would also be okay according to Rav. As opposed to, um, and you could also say the same thing, that by Shmuel, he might, uh, he might have agreed with Rav by here that you can't leave it open-ended, but uh, uh, you know, that's why we have to say that he argues on Rav in both cases. So that's why we need them to argue in both cases, because again, one has the possibility of a parness, the other one can only be done by himself. And that is where we left off yesterday, and we'll take it from